drops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks who speak using your voice, making it heard by voting. This is your reminder, if you haven't done it yet, vote. You can vote early. Make your voice heard. It will feel good, I promise. DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Ritual, Native, and Brooklinen. They bring the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games, and there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. They're spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who's rooting for those Dodgers, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Uh, you know, it's fine. It's not baseball. It's not stressful. Uh, here's a fun tidbit uh, for you, Jeff, and for our listeners. This is the last show we record before New Console Month. What? I know. It's here already. It's here already. Uh, yeah, it's it is the next show we record will be remember remember New Console Months comes in November. Um Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I am excited. Uh we have we have some juicy stuff to talk about. It may not be New Console Month quite yet. We're still in Spooktober. But we got some juicy stuff to talk about. We got games we've been playing. We got some interesting news. And we have an absolutely awesome guest to do all of it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for DeFridis Loves Catching Them All. Because we have IGN editor and noted Pokemon fan, Ms. Casey DeFridis, joining us for the first time. Hey, Casey. Hey, I love that you come up with, gosh, what are they? Uh, I'm completely drawing a blank on what that is, the DLC. These acronyms? Acronyms. I wanted to say anagrams, and I knew that was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is not the right word. I love that you come up with acronyms for all of your guests, (laughs) and I appreciate mine, and I was laughing even though you couldn't see me. Uh, I'm glad. (laughs) 362 times I've done that, and it, uh, you know, I'm I'm still going strong. It's a bit... It Sometimes as a you get to repeat them, though. Sometimes That's you're like, true. you know, welcoming back, as always. But yes, you should start selling uh, or cameoing people's DLC intro <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Casey, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, let's jump right into the show and start the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can send anything there. We love getting your comments, your questions, even reviews of games that you've been playing that maybe we've overlooked. Send them to dlcfeedback at gmail.com, or you can visit our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Cool folks hanging out there. Great community. I urge you to join. Also, our Discord is is lively and strong. Check that out on Discord 5x5DLC there as well. But Casey, you are our guest, so you get first pick of of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? 
So my top story of the week is that Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra DLC came out, but we're going to talk about that when we get down to video games that we're playing. So instead, uh, let's talk about how AOC has played Among Us on Twitch and with a record audience. I'm not generally political, but this is a huge story for video games. I agree. I know. I know people are probably drowning in in politics these days, and uh, I certainly get a number of uh, you know, uh, kind iTunes reviews whenever we talk about politics on this show. Uh, and yet I do agree with you. I think this is a huge video game story. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez decided she wanted to play some Among Us, the game of the moment, this zeitgeist game that everybody's into right now. And she tweeted that out on her very popular Twitter uh, page and started up a Twitch account and peaked uh, at 435,000 concurrent viewers uh, around the time of her first match, according to Twitch. That's pretty amazing. It puts her squarely in the in the top 10 of biggest streams ever. This is the first time she's ever Twitch, uh, Twitch streamed. Uh, and uh, it puts Among Us, I think, front and center. And I think, I'm curious as to how you frame this story, Casey, but for my money, I think it's it's a another reason that video games are absolutely mainstream at this point and just in uh, inextricably tied to our culture, woven into our culture on every level. But but B, I think it shows that we are just about to hit this wave of uh, there isn't anybody in public life that hasn't played a video game, right? Where the, the there's a generation that's still in power, that's still in politics, that's sort of aging out uh, and they're they're dying off, quite frankly. And we're getting a new generation of people in and all these people, video games are part of their life and their culture. And it's not a foreign thing to that. And I think that has ramifications for a lot of things. And I, I wonder what your take is. No, that that's exactly it. I mean, we... Growing up, I've always been under the impression that politicians and people in the White House always looked down on video games and the people who played them. I mean, it was just recently, what was it, three years ago, a montage came out of the White House of the violence in video games. And I think it, yeah. uh, there was a, I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm sorry, I, I should have brushed up on my American history, but I think it was in 1993, there was there were a lot of issues regarding video games in the white house again with Mm -hmm. people saying how potentially dangerous they were and how much violence they incited. And I just remembered growing up always being so outraged whenever these stories would come out, when politicians were trying to limit access to games and blaming video games for violence in America. So seeing politicians now kind of embrace video games as a way to connect with potential voters, even though obviously it is a it is a tactic, right? It is a tactic to gain more voters and more people on your like quote side, but it's refreshing to see them see it as a valid way to communicate with people in our generation. Instead yeah. of saying it's the reason why all of these bad things are happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I you know, obviously AOC is a very polarizing figure, but I I would guess that even people that are really uh, opposed to her wouldn't see 
her playing a video game as disingenuous. Like I, I think she played it because she's genuinely interested, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it yeah. seemed very authentic that this was something that she wanted to do. Not, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, uh, John Kerry going out and duck hunting when it's like, it's clear that dude has never duck hunted before in his life. You know, yeah. no interest in duck hunting, but he needs the photo op. It didn't feel to me like a photo op, even though I do agree with you that there is some aspect to the, uh, you know, the reaching out to a certain demographic in video games that I, I think is probably also mutually beneficial. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and it, it's very encouraging. I mean, there's another example, of course, the Biden campaign did a animal crossing island that they allowed people to do as, as part of a promotion for, uh, Joe Biden's campaign. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of this. And I think, I agree with you. I think it's genuinely a good thing. Um, I think, I think it's a good thing, not only because I'm a gamer, to use a terrible word, but, to, you know, I, this is a hobby that I care about and and I like that it is mainstream and, and ubiquitous, but also because I think having people in power that understand it fundamentally and don't objectify it like you're talking about, don't say, oh, this is the evil thing that all the kids are into, that actually understand it from the inside out means we'll probably get smarter legislation around this kind of thing. and hopefully smarter legislation around all tech, you know, which I think is really needed right now in the world. Yes, I completely agree. And, you know, you're right. She was, I feel like the stream was genuine because if you watched some of it, they, she only addressed voting, which was the purpose to have more people vote, to bring awareness, like it's time to vote. But the rest of the stream was just her playing among us like any other streamer. And it was genuinely entertaining, especially with all of these famous Twitch streamers coming together to play together with a Congresswoman was a really cool, interesting thing to see. And mentioning how you mentioned other politicians also getting into video games as a, I I don't want to say marketing source, but I feel like it's a little bit hyperbolic, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, Cause, cause Bernie also joined uh, Bernie Sanders also joined Twitch last year. Um, right. I know this is also in the story, but and even though he hasn't been playing games, he has said that he wants to create better legislator for people making games and for people who are playing games. And I think that's an interesting way. And also, I wanted to point out that Twitch automatically makes it so uh, what's you they demonetize politician Twitch channels, mm. so politicians cannot monetize twitch for their campaign which i think is really smart and a good move but at the same time i know for bernie i think Streamlabs made a custom page for him so people could donate to his campaign through Streamlabs. that's a great point (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad you brought up the thing about demonetization um but i i think i would pay a great deal of money to see bernie sanders play among us oh my god yes (laughs) you're all acting sus all of you you're all acting sus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Christian Spicer, uh, what do you th- what do you make of all this? Yeah, I think if you kind of have followed her, um, she is a gamer. I'm sure she doesn't play. I, I, I could be wrong. My guess is she doesn't play as much as some of us that listen to this show, only because she's also very busy. But then again, so are many of us. But she talks about and has previously shown playing games regularly and you know 
same with Brie Larson on her YouTube channel. And, and I think what the, one of the beautiful things of animal talking that, that Gary Wood has done is you see, it's like, oh my gosh, these celebrities. And it's like, also they play games, <laughs> you know, yeah. like some are just on animal talking to do it because uh, Gary's created one of the best talk shows around that just happens to be in a video game, but also the passion by um, people that play games that are also celebrities is, is genuine. And I think for me, kind of seeing AOC on Twitch and some of this stuff is just, um, I'd like to see younger people in office more, um, you know, before when like the boomer generation was younger, they saw people younger aged in the Senate and the house here in the United States. And now I believe the average age in the Senate is almost 62. Deceased, um, I think, is deceased. And Average it's not is deceased is the joke. The discoloration on the hands is normal. That's um, how you look <laughs> yeah. as a normal human being. Um, and and part of it is to, it's not only just incumbents. New senators are old as well, oftentimes, uh, and those running. But I think to have a good representation in the populace, you need a you know that age range. And so I think when you see it, yes, you see people doing things that people our age and younger grew up doing. And I think it's, it's good to see. And just like the first person that went to uh, a steelworking plant to shake hands, you know, it wasn't because, you know what, production looks a little low here. Let me, let me help you guys make some steel, <laughs> you know, like, yes, it's to outreach and stuff like that. But when it's genuine, it's, it's fun. And among us is, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Fortnite, including an Among Us mode. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like oh Among goodness. Us is so big yeah, right. that it's going to be play as Captain Marvel in Among Cree. Among Cree, you got to find out who the Cree is in Fortnite as you play Among Us. Solid idea. That's actually a solid yeah, idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it would be Among Scrolls, though, wouldn't it be? Um, yeah, probably. The, <laughs> the, uh, the, the other thing that, that I, you know, occurs to me as, as somebody of a very specific age is that I'm still in that place of hearing, oh, Henry Cavill plays video games. Oh, he's super into video games. Oh, AOC plays video games. You know, these people, it's like, oh, they play, they play video games. Um, I just had a chance to interview Amon Green, the old uh, Green Bay Packer running back, and he he's in esports now. He's like a coach for esports, collegiate esports. And I was like, wow, you play video games? Like, yeah, I play it all the time. There's gonna we're gonna very very quickly get to a place where that is no longer surprising. It is just the norm. Like everybody will have played video games. Just like you don't go, wow, um, uh, President Trump has has watched television. Wow, a person <laughs> watched television. You know, it's like yeah, everybody watches television. Everybody plays video games. It's just gonna be ubiquitous. It's gonna be you know that that thing that is so ingrained in our our culture that it no longer is a surprise that these people are part of it. And and I you know I think that's a good thing. I think it's going to be great to to break down that divide. And it's no longer this niche subculture. It is culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. No, I completely agree with you. And it, it kind of blows my mind. There are still people out there that hold on to the stereotype that everyone who plays video games are live in their parents' basements and. You know, you know, the, the, yeah. that classic. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's still still hanging around a bit. Right. That that yeah. notion. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also wanted to mention that Twitch is an awesome place to uh, tap into to get more people active in voting. Um, I, th I there are 140 million unique Twitch viewers. And I know not all of them are of voting age, but more than half are 18 to 34. So yeah. that is a lot 
That is a lot of, and that's a month, I think, 140 million unique Twitch viewers a month. That is a lot of people to tap into. Um, but I also wanted to mention I like this because it is also optional. It's optional for you to go to the Twitch page and watch this. And it is also same thing for Biden's uh, Animal Crossing Island. It is optional for you to go there. And I think politicians inserting themselves into video games like that gets a thumbs up from me. But I think it also opens up kind of a conversation. Like, what if they start trying to, like, get sponsored deals mm. with yeah. online multiplayer games and, like, inserting, like, campaign t-shirts into, like, Fortnite or something? Sure, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is a slippery slope, and it is something that I have not really considered. But you see, you know, I brought up, I brought up the example of television as an example of another media. And during election season, television is completely overrun by the money right. from, from campaigns. So why wouldn't that be? You know, I could totally Are you tired of having this podcast be totally overrun by election ads. <laughs> As a working mom, I'm frustrated by it too, which is why I'm voting no on Jeff Kanata this election season. You, you joke, but I, you know, uh, we we run ads on the show, so I, I, you know, the right politician wanted to run an ad, I might accept it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Jeff buys accepts ads from all the right politicians. If you're tired of Jeff accepting ads yeah. from politicians, vote no on Jeff Kanata. I mean, I think I think that's a legitimate concern that there there would potentially be a slippery slope where all of a sudden, you know, you get the uh, the the campaign uh, skin for your Call of Duty gun. You know, the, yeah. uh, the you get the who knows what it is. It, why not? Why would they say no to those things if they are allowing ads for other things in video games? I mm-hmm. I could see that happening, and I agree with you. That would be the dark side of this of yeah. this. Uh, this thing happening so i mean i'm already interesting i'm already getting dozens of texts and calls a day from political volunteers calling me ethleen so what's a oh. what's a what's a call of duty billboard yeah exactly <laughs> i respond to all those texts like i already voted i already voted i already voted i already voted and you could you too listener could have already voted um jeff's already voted if you're tired of jeff already <laughs> voting make sure all right, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, aside from all of the no on Jeff props that I'm voting for, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, there's a few things that I think are potentially worth talking about more than this, but this is my story. So I'm picking it. And for the first time, Analog has announced a new retro system that I am not interested in. I... <laughs> You were all excited about new consoles. I thought maybe this is one of the new consoles that you were talking about. Dude, when I saw that teaser go out and my I kind of guessed that's what it was based on the font and the color. So well, based it's on turbo. what's left, right? Well, what's left the, for them to do? Maybe it was a PlayStation, you know, maybe because mm. so what it was, it's uh, analog duo and it's um turbo graphics and turbo duo uh with CD-ROM drive, which is exciting. So this is a, just to set this all up for everybody. Analog is the company that does the pixel perfect retro consoles that that use a technology that allows them to not have to actually emulate anything but to actually run uh the old cartridges the old uh, cd-roms of the actual devices uh in well, this yeah, new the system. actual cart yeah so before yeah. they did the nest super nest genesis and the genesis works with this it's the f fpga is kind yeah, of fpga um, and you you own a number of these, right, Christian? I own the Genesis one, um, and I also own the analog converter. 
um, that allows the C32X to work with the analog, with the Mega SG. It already works with the Sega CD, but this is the first CD-based system, this Turbo Duo, or the analog duo that they're releasing where the product they're releasing itself has the, the CD dr- CD-ROM drive in it, which is exciting. I pre-ordered the Pocket, which I'm very excited about, which is like the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, uh, and with additions for a whole bunch of other handheld handheld systems. Um, and they make, in my opinion, they make really top-tier stuff. Um, so I think this is really interesting. One, because they have a CD-ROM drive on it. Apparently, the the what was it called pc engine or whatever i mm-hmm. i forget the turbo graphics cd-rom drive pc engine um was like notoriously not protected <laughs> i mean it was just like so long it's like it's a yeah it's a disc you can write yeah, it how would anybody copy a disc they thought <laughs> right, right um so maybe it was easier for them to do but i think it's exciting because of that and also exciting because the i know the turbo graphics is a much you know beloved system it was kind of a dare I say, a Dreamcast before the Dreamcast. Um, A bunch of niche titles that never hit mainstream success here in the West, but in my opinion, have aged really well. Um, A bunch of shmups and um, some other action games that I think have have stood the test of time. And to see Analog find value in that type of niche product, um, I think either says A, doing the higher up gen of consoles is difficult, <laughs> like moving in to the N64 or PlayStation era. So they didn't have anything left to do or B it's exciting that there's a market around these old, uh, TurboGrafx 16, uh, devices. Are either of you interested in this? I'm assuming no, but I want to ask to be safe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. I also think me. That's why it's my story. Yeah, it's the I first one I'm not cool. interested in. It's cool. It's nice for video game history and preservation and inter- and also awesome that they're not using ROMs for any of this. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about all I have yes. to say. About it. A special console that most of us here in the West did not play or fall in love with. I yes. understand. Um, you know, you I can get all those bonks games, though. Those bonk games were pretty good. I remember the bonk games. Being bonk was Splatterhouse was. I remember my friend uh, yeah, had one and I saw Splatterhouse. And I forget how old I was. I was young, elementary school. Our type was like a big yeah. game on that because it looked better on TurboGrafx-16 than on anything else. Some great shooters. I remember seeing Splatterhouse, though, and being, I think the first, like, movie I saw with, like, breasts was Car Wash. Did that? When what? I was young. <laughs> and I remember it was, like, the same weekend. I saw that movie and Splatterhouse. And I remember b- being, like, <laughs> I'm I definitely a man should now. not have seen Splatterhouse. <laughs> like, that was the one that was, like... <laughs> The one that I, the movie that I watched that I definitely should not have seen was the first scary movie. I think oh, I was, yeah. really? I was in the fourth grade. Yeah, uh, you're so young. Uh, I, I, I feel old now. Did you I feel, feel like you know, AOC is only a year older than me? Uh, yes. I That's take crazy. back everything I said. Keep, keep the power with the olds. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you saw a scary movie, Casey, were you kind? Were you thinking like I shouldn't have watched this? Like this was you know too far. My- or like I got away with it. My brain was so young and innocent that the worst scene in the movie, there's a there's a scene with bathroom stalls. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I did not, my brain did not compute what I was looking at. So it was all totally <laughs> PG for me because I didn't know. 
That's <laughs> awesome. My dad um, was watching it next to me and he was losing his mind, but also didn't turn it off or say anything. So <laughs> I I saw all my uh, I'm not supposed to see them yet movies at the the friend whose parents were divorced's house. Because oh. it was with his dad, you know, his dad's weekend where it's like his dad's like, hey, I'll buy your love any way I can. Let's watch oh, whatever no. you want. And then I was over there for, you know, uh, you know, spending the night. And so I uh, I got the, the sweet. I remember seeing Running Scared, which is a a movie with Billy Crystal and uh, Gregory Hines. Mm-hmm. And it had lots of boobies in it. <laughs> and I was like, this is the greatest weekend of my life. Um, anyway, uh, onto the, back to the topic of this analog system. Uh, Christian, you mentioned uh, this uh, technology called the FPGA. This is the most fascinating thing about this. And it, it's nothing new for this console. They've been using it for a long time. But the, the idea of it is FPGA is... Um, uh, field programmable gate array, which basically means instead of emulating it on specific hardware, it literally, it's hardware that convinces the software that it is whatever the software needs. So if the software says, hey, I need a very specific chip that did a very specific thing because that what was is what was in the cartridge or that's what the cartridge was access, was accessing in the original hardware, the hardware on the analog goes, oh, okay, well, we do that. Whatever it is you want, we do that now. And it just on the fly can change its modality to give the software whatever it needs at any given time, which is awesome and totally wild that that's the way they work around it is they literally just, you know, they the software makes a call to the hardware that says, I need you to do this. And the hardware goes, yep, I can do it. Well, it requires <laughs> no some it is. programming. It's not like, it, y- yes, and, right? Like there's a well, little more Well, that's what the programmable part in field programmable gate array is. But yes, right. yes. Yes. But it's incredible tech. In the, and, and other companies certainly use this technology as well for some awesome retro consoles. Analog is just the one that I follow the most closely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, to, if you are interested in the uh, the analog duo, which will support NEC PC Engine, TurboGrafx-16, SuperGrafx, and PC Engine CD-ROM games. Sorry, it sold out. <laughs> it will <laughs> launch at $199. It will play games via cartridge or CD-ROM. Fe- features the original style controller port, but also updates things to support 1080p video, digital audio, HDMI cable support, and uh, wireless Bluetooth or 2.4G controllers uh, so you can play wireless controllers. So I, it's cool. It's, you know, it's doing these retro consoles but upgrading them to today's technology, which is pretty neat. Uh, and by the way, it's not going to launch until 2021, so we don't know exactly when, but next year. All right, so that leads me to my story of the week. And... Boy, I am conflicted. I think I'm going to lump two of these stories together because, you know, next week is (laughs) next week is new console month. And we're I'm super excited about new consoles and we're getting more and more information. A lot of these consoles are getting into the hands of reviewers and and we're able to see stuff with uh, backwards compatibility and stuff. And there's two stories about older games working better, not just on new consoles, but on current consoles as well. the first of them is th- this patch that just dropped for The Last of Us. Not The Last of Us Part 2, but The Last of Us. And it dramatically reduces load times on PlayStation 4. This isn't even for PlayStation 5, which supposedly will 
dramatically reduce load times for all of the backwards compatibility games that it supports. But this is for the PlayStation 4, and it is shocking to me what they've managed to do. First of all, it's shocking that they continue to, Naughty Dog, continues to release patches for The Last of Us, and this also supports The Last of Us Left Behind. Uh, So this is just a new patch for these old games that just dropped for PlayStation 4. And what it is doing is changing the, the difference between starting a new game from zero for The Last of Us is from a minute and a half load time, 90 seconds, over 90 seconds of load time, down to just over 13 seconds of load time, which kind of blows me away that, that, that a patch is able to do that, that they were able to figure out a way to do that on PS4 how many years since The Last of Us came out? And I wonder if that is going to be a, the kind of thing that will be discovered to be possible with these new games. It may be completely moot because the new hard drives in these new consoles will basically be doing that. But Casey, I'm wondering your response. It, it is, to me, it just seems like magic. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, what is this magic? What is this witchery <laughs> that they're getting this to work? And I mean, it's also, I had the same thought. It's weird that they are still supporting The Last of Us because this came out on the, the PS3. Yeah. And also, like, I never, I haven't played The Last of Us on the PS4. So a minute and 30 second load time has got me like, <sighs> gosh, because those, I think the game I play with the most painful load times is probably Monster Hunter World on the PlayStation 4. Can we get a patch for that next? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It's like, if this is possible, is it possible for everything? What's the No, what's you the need to catch? go. It's a five-part yeah. quest, Casey, to get oh, that man. After, I don't know if you've done it yet. Um, yeah, yeah you're going to have to grind. You're going to have to kill a lot of uh, giant beasts and get the one thing that they drop only 4% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I can do it. That sounds like, what, like 16 hours of gameplay? I can do it. It's worth it. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to. Um Christian, uh, is this is this cool or is it like too late? We already have PS5. No, it's very uh, cool. Basically doing that. It's very cool. And I think the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that some of this work is being done to get these games ready for PS5. Like in, in that mm. process, they were like, oh, because we're doing this, we're to- I, I, I am not a developer, so I'm going to say things totally wrong. But it's like, oh, we're toying with the code, or we notice this, that, and the other, and we can do this to do that. That re- results in this. Let's get this patch out now to get it ready to go for PS5. And, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Um, but I think it's great. Why, you know, I don't know why it took so long. That's why I think it has to be related to, you know, they were under the hood for some other reason and found a way to do this, but that's cool. It's always great when load times become faster and and hopefully with, you know, next gen hardware it becomes even faster. Yeah. It does feel like, was there just some guy who was fiddling around? like, Hey, hey, fellas, (laughs) did you see what I figured out? Or team, did you notice? Uh, But no, it does feel like there was a reason. out of their office alone in the Naughty Dog offices and like, we can ship the last of us remastered. I finished. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Hello? What year is it? (laughs) Um, The other story that I think kind of thematically links to this is some news about Halo, not Halo 5, but Halo Master Chief Collection, which will be um, 
playable on the next generation of Microsoft consoles, of course, and will be part, or maybe already is, I'm not even sure, uh, part of Game Pass. So Halo Master Chief Collection um, is going to have some serious improvements when it comes to Xbox Series X and S. It will be uh, playable at 120 frames per second, which is pretty amazing, and that resolutions will go up to 4K. So you'll be able to revisit these games, Master Chief Collection games, which is, uh, you know, the series of of Halo games. Uh, You'll be able to play them. The, The thing that is so exciting to me about this is that I'll be able to play them with a subscription that I'm already paying for in a way, way better way. There's no reason why I shouldn't go back to this. Um, is this, is this Casey, the killer app for the new consoles backwards compatibility killer app? Uh, Yeah, because I feel like they're, I mean, yes, miles Morales and dark souls are coming out for PlayStation. Um, Xbox has a couple of interesting titles and yes, there are new big new games like Assassin's Creed and stuff coming out, but I feel like, in absence of any kind of real, I don't know, real must-have. Yeah. I mean, I guess Miles Morales is that. But it, it, I feel like backwards compatibility with an upgrade makes backwards compatibility better than it ever has been before. But maybe oh, I'm overstating it. No, you are 100%. I mean, I just mentioned Monster Hunter's four <laughs> yeah. load times in on PlayStation 4. But I assume that this will be upgraded and be better on the PlayStation 5, assuming because PlayStation 5 obviously has better hardware and it's just overall better. So I don't see a reason to go back and I would definitely prefer to play all of the games on the new system. But about 120 FPS and uh, 4K, you also would need a, a monitor, a TV that supports that. And yeah. I don't. I don't know from what I to at least to be able to actually see a noticeable difference. And from what I could tell, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been a while since I've looked at TVs, but finding a TV or monitor that supports both 4K and 120 hertz refresh rate are very very pricey. <laughs> well, so, less and less, but yes. I mean, yeah. I think I think you're you're seeing more of these, you know, high uh, refresh rate. TVs drop down in price. And I think it's harder and harder to get a TV that doesn't do that now. Um, but yeah, I, I, you're not wrong that I think there's probably going to be a ton of people that don't have TVs like that right now. Yeah. So to to see to see the difference, you're, you might have to upgrade your monitor, I guess is yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, not wrong. Um, what do you think, Christian? Is Are, are people going to be playing? I feel like this was, you know, Xbox 360. I brought it home all excited about the $360 games that I got with it but then found myself playing Geometry Wars all the time on it exclusively. It feels like, you know, it feels like maybe that's this generation is, you know, excited about this, this these new consoles and what you're playing is old stuff that looks better. Am I crazy to think that? No, I, I don't think it's outlandish to think that. I, I think that's certainly Microsoft's messaging right now, right? Um, and I think Sony is saying, uh, have you seen this? souls game have you seen miles morales have you seen uh ratchet and clank launch window have you seen nba 2k 21 the new version have you seen like i think they're kind of trying to push and also 4000 ps4 games uh all work but i think microsoft without um halo infinite and the philosophy behind their business with game pass and and you know this library of games is very much that and i think to some extent I'm going to overstate this. So please send all your email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com with a subject line. No on proposition, Jeff. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm overstating this, but the idea of um, backwards compatibility as a term that describes last gen games, there's air quotes over almost everything I'm saying, I, I think is going to go away more and more as well as we see things like Warframe, uh, Fortnite, mm, Rocket League destiny yeah um when halo infinite comes out you know i imagine the type of game that it is is striving to be um uh what's the other there's another one godfall um you know what these games are looking to be it's no wow you know it's like it's i don't think about wow and go i'm playing a last gen game right it's the art style art direction the compatibility i want to be able to play the game i love on the, the new console I have and maybe have a few little improvements along the way, but I want that game. I want that service. And so I think we're going to see more of that. And I think Microsoft is positioning their library as that it is not last gen's game. You know, it's mm. halo three, go play this incredible game right now. Yeah. And it's going to be the best way you can play it on this new hardware. Go play Forza horizon four. It, it's not last gen's game. It's Forza horizon four. Now you're playing it in 4k at, you know, with whatever, whatever, whatever. So I, I think that's the positioning. And I do think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have PlayStation 4 and 3 games lying around. I certainly do. But there's something about... What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. My camera on? But, uh, oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I feel like the fact that I have this Game Pass subscription already, and I know people are going to say PlayStation Now, PlayStation Now, but the the subscription that I have is the game is Game Pass because of the new stuff. And if it's just lying there waiting for me to play it on my new system, why not? Why not get hooked on that stuff? I just, it's all conspiring to get me to, you know, I'll play play through Halo again at 120 frames per second just to see it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, move on and talk about the games that we have been playing. But first, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is Ritual. You've heard me talk about Ritual for a while. Uh, my wife has been doing ritual for quite a while. I know Christian, your wife was as well, and and, and myself. The, I still well, I have my new here. Yeah, that, that's what I was just about to say. Ritual, of course, is the multivitamin reimagined, and for the longest time, it was just for women. We talked about it being uh, the the wonderful solution for getting nutrients into your body if you're a woman. Uh, even if you're eating right and treating yourself uh, the way you want, you're probably still missing out on a lot of these essential nutrients, essential vitamins that you need to have uh, to live the best life, to live a healthy life. That is where ritual came into play. Both of our wives have been using it, have been enjoying their ritual, but now there's ritual for men as well. So really there is a solution for everybody. And this is the kind of multivitamin that. I really feel good about putting into my body because it's clean, it's vegan friendly, it's made with key nutrients, and it's completely transparent. So you know exactly what is in it. You'll always know where the nutrients come from thanks to their uh, one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, which is something that I think is pretty darn cool. If you care enough uh, to take a multivitamin and keep yourself healthy, you're probably gonna wanna pay attention to where things are coming from. And they have uh, vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in your diet. Also, they taste good. These delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of your stomach. So you can take them with or without food. That's honestly what my wife loves about it. Because, it, you know, it's it can be inconvenient when you're 
working all day and you, you get yourself a lunch and you go, oh my gosh, I forgot to take my vitamin with food and now I can't take it because, or whatever. It's just nice to be able to do it whenever and you don't have to worry about doing it with food. And it's designed with different stages of life in mind. Uh, it's now available for women, men, and teens. All you teens out there, you know, we got a big teen demographic on the DLC. So, you know, you can get your own ritual multivitamins scientifically developed to support different life stages and that's awesome. It just makes it easy. It, it makes your good health habit easy because they're delivered to your door every month and shipping is always free. So you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. Again, that's ritual.com slash DLC, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash DLC for 10% off your first three months. It's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Casey, you are all up in that new Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, right? Yes, I am. (laughs) Tell me about about it. it. (laughs) Okay, so earlier this year, we got the first round of Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, the first DLC in the history of of a core Pokemon game, really, because usually we just get the third versions like Pokemon Yellow or Pokemon Crystal. But this time they went a totally different tactic and decided to release DLC. And earlier this year, we got the Isle of Armor, which I thought was okay. It was pretty good. Um, It didn't... It was fine. Let me just put put it at that. I had fun with it. But the Crown Tundra, I love. I think it is great. I think it's amazing. There is so... There are so many new things to do, and I know a lot of people have been wanting like an actual open area Pokemon, and Sword and Shield gave us some of that with the wild area, but the towns and routes were still confined to the kind of, um, how do I say it, like isometric perspective, mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily like open. The Crown Tundra is entirely open, has winding caves you can get lost in, has a town that is still open and part of that big wild area. There are a ton of different side quests to do to get some of these legendary Pokemon that are reintroduced into the Crown Tundra. You have to solve riddles or collect footprints or just do a variety of different activities that make it significantly more interesting than just like go to this one spot and catch it or progress this far in the story and catch it and they also introduce a whole new mechanic called dynamax adventures where you can play with up to three other people and basically go on a little mini dungeon adventure to find different pokemon and legendary pokemon and it also that mechanic is a great shiny hunting mechanic because your legendary Pokemon, if you choose, if you don't catch, so you can basically fail on purpose and then try again. And each time you try again, it re-rolls its stats and re-rolls for it to be shiny. So anyway, I could I have a lot more to say about this, but 
Crown Tundra DLC is great. Way better than Isle of Armor. Huge thumbs up. Story is hilarious. Just good. It's, it's a good DLC. I, I definitely <laughs> want to hear. I want to hear the lots more you have to say. We we have time. I, but but let's. I want to ask Christian. I know you uh, you were into the Sword and Shield for quite a while now, and I don't know if you were excited about the DLC. They announced. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but if I'm remembering this correctly, they announced like four or five different DLC things that were going to come out, right? And, and this is like the second of those. Is that uh, correct? Just just two. Just the Isle two. of Armor. Oh, just two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Are we thinking there's going to be more or is it, do you think this will be, is this setting the stage for Pokemon games in the future to have more of this kind of functionality? Or do you think this is a kind of a one-off experiment? I kind of hope they take what they did with the crown tundra and expand upon this specifically with the next game. Cause I think it has more of what people wanted in a quote next gen pokemon That's game my guess too yeah yeah christian have you played it i have not i i was kind of mad out of 10 uh with the first expansion uh, as friends that bought it you know day and date and i was like oh, a, so i didn't even dive in and then i've kind of just there's so much to play right now that oh, yeah. i know this will be there for me and i kind of wanted to hear people's reactions to it and so I'm, christian did you say that there were that is what i said I'm just wondering uh, there's too many games um it's, but I'm glad I'm glad it's great. And I think a lot of people will jump back into it. I think it's coming out at a right time for Nintendo also. Um, but I agree with you that I think my hope is that, you know, Pokemon Next and then some uses this as as its jumping off point um, because it seems to do new and fresh things for that franchise that, while I love it, is largely the same since the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're totally right. And I think one of those things they do in the Crown Tundra that is extremely smart is once you get it to a certain point in the story, which is very, very early on, it kind of just totally opens up. As soon as you get to the town and establish that that is your home base, you can follow where the story is leading to. But if you want to go to that huge tree off the distance and see what that's about, you can go do that. And then you can trigger the event that happens there or you can come across the ruins and do that or you can find some footprints you're not you're not forced to follow the different things you can do in a certain order because pokemon wants you to do that which i would like to see in more pokemon games and i that is the open worldness <laughs> of it actually being open world where you mm. can go and do because i mean open world games generally you're not beholden to a certain story structure like if you want to go off to like in breath of the wild if you want to go to the castle first things first and get your ass handed to you you can do that and i think even though there is level scaling in the crown tundra so you don't get exactly that you still have the freedom to go do what you want at your leisure without having to follow the story which i think is really cool yeah tell me i was intrigued when you talked about the idea of a riddle or something are are they uh interesting or is it is it you know basically just a different hoop to jump through is it is it actually challenging and a riddle or is it just a different sort of way to do the same thing so they're definitely not nearly as convoluted as i guess the the reggie puzzles in the original um gosh where where, where, where were those ruby and sapphire i think those were introduced in yeah. but um Long guy. <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> But they're still interesting. It's like you get to a, a ruin and it's just a a sentence like 
let ring true the piercing bell or Hmm. let the lead hold the never changing stone. And you kind of have to take those clues and then do something at the door to trigger it to open. So you might have to catch a certain Pokemon and put it as your lead, or you might have to. That's cool. Or like give a certain held item to your Pokemon or do a certain action. And there's like different things that you need to do. And I don't, they're, they're not, the most difficult riddles in the world, but if you're not incredibly familiar with all of your items and Pokemon and different things you can do, they can be kind of difficult. And I, I like having that extra thing. I like, I like riddles. I think they're fun and I think they're interesting and they're way more cool than just stumbling upon a legendary Pokemon in a cave. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, you feel like you earned it. And I think that's really cool. And I like the idea of using the established systems in an interesting way. Like, Oh, you have to equip something that you wouldn't necessarily equip. Mm-hmm. because that's what the riddle is telling you. That's awesome. I'm digging yeah. that. Very cool. So that's uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra DLC, which oh, just came out. Yeah, and you don't have to beat the previous DLC in order to play the Crown Tundra. If you oh. the if the Isle of Armor does not interest you, you just have to go to the first train station in the game, which is Wedgehurst, and just talk to the guy to the right after you buy the DLC, obviously, and then you can just go straight there. You don't have to do anything else. Honestly, you don't even have to beat the game to be able to go to the Crown Tundra. It can be the first thing you do if you wanted to. I think. That's cool. Pretty sure. (laughs) I I like the idea of letting it be completely open, um, and I hope that they continue to do that. That's cool. Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? Well, I kind of have to give you a hard time, Jeff. Um, I tweeted this out. And uh, I don't have this one listed. There's a few things. I'm going to start with I like one. You, I, I like how you, you say that like you don't give me a hard time every week. No. So I, I, I tweeted this out and I feel... Something different this week. I'm going to give you a hard time, Jeff. I a, feel, a real change of pace. I feel betrayed that here we do hosting a video game show and you never once, not when it was in early access, <laughs> not when it came out in 1.0, you never once told me how great Hades is. Yeah. I had to stumble uh, across this. No one on the internet reached out and said, hey, Casey, I this uh, for you. nonstop, I said, Christian, get Hades. You will love it. It's amazing. <laughs> I never Hades put out a is incredible. and said, should I play Hades or Spelunky 2? And it was overwhelmingly for your play style. Hades, no one ever told me about Hades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to find it myself. I was digging around uh you you discovered this hidden gem called hades that no one's talking about i mean i feel bad because i mean for the year i've been playing it i called it hades um (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding um but yeah i mean i got a tattoo uh me and ben affleck have a tattoo of a phoenix rising on our backs now because i'm mine says hades and i had to cover it with a phoenix uh in the back um no hades hades is real good y'all it uh jeff didn't talk about it once and I feel betrayed. <laughs> um, and what is fantastic about it, in my opinion, having now come to it late to the party, um, and that I don't know if you conveyed this part to me that what uh, that would have popped with me is the chaos on screen. So Hades, if you are like me and don't listen when Jeff talks. Um, <laughs> That's more accurate. That is the accurate. It's not that I never mentioned it. It's that Christian tunes out when I speak. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Casey. What was that? Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's a roguelike, uh, but with a very I, 
action combat focus and more frenetic than even something like dead cells. And it has an isometric style view feels kind of Diablo esque, and you are flying through these rooms. Uh, it also has a great story that unlocks as you die and progress. And as you go through these runs, you learn new things about uh, people you've encountered and the story kind of unfolds. I have not rolled credits on it yet. So I don't know if at some point it becomes redundant or how many new, um, you know, information how much new information they convey as you as you die and, and restart and meet these new, these characters time and time again before i am it's it's fun and fresh and interesting um but the combat is what brings you back and or brings me back and it is controlled chaos on screen where there are traps and areas where you can't walk but if you trigger them you know, you'll take damage, but you can also hurt enemies that way. It, it becomes mini bullet hell at times with trying to avoid all the stuff on on screen. Your combat, your moves get status effects where it creates, you know, large splashes on screen that I think if you watch video of it, it might look dis- distracting, like you can't track what's happening. But I think the most astonishing thing about the game, uh, and I'm maybe 15 runs in, so you know, not super far. Um, uh, if that, um, is that it all makes sense. Like it is, there's a lot going on and there's a lot that your brain is processing at a time and it can feel overwhelming, but it never feels unfair. And kind of the information it's giving you where sometimes games can, you know, like that was hidden behind a pillar. I never saw that, you know, like that death felt cheap. Like every time they happen, it, it feels like, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay i learned let's go back and do it and i like as a person who enjoys story i like the way hades justifies its um randomness which you know dead cells and other games have certainly done before too but i think the way hades addresses it and you know your attempt to escape and all of that it makes sense within this world and i think there's a playfulness and a tone in it that jeff if you had told me about this earlier Mm -hmm. um you know I would have talked about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's real good. It's real good. Yeah. And it only, it, I mean, it, I love the, all of the weapon types just feels like you're getting a fresh new game when you start experimenting with a new weapon. Uh, all of the bosses are so wildly different and challenging in different ways. Um, each run feels completely fresh. And I just, I love the visuals. I love how beautiful a game that is. And the it art is. is I was just going to say, yes, it is. Inc- it is so impressive. The production value of Hades is just impressive to look at everything from yeah. the menus to the hub in between your runs, just the animations. Everything looks great. It is top notch. I Hades has been my biggest FOMO game so far this year. I don't know how <laughs> familiar you are. With my, I've been having like tendonitis issues, so action games like Hades are completely off the table for me right now, oh, and I'm no, just that's so terrible, sad. <laughs> but I've been, I've been watching my fiance play and living vicariously through him, and it is, it looks like so much fun. And I, I yeah. love play the spire, and I love games with mechanics mm. like that. So this is just like an action version of that with amazing production value, and I can't wait to play it when I can. <laughs> What's the prognosis on your tendonitis, if you don't mind my asking? What, how, how is that? Are you going to be out of commission for a long time? Uh, well, back in May, I was told I'd be ready. I'd be totally good as new in a month of rest. Mm-hmm. And now it is the end of October, and that is not the 
the case. And so that's all that can be done is just resting it. That's yeah. Um, that's I'm, I'm actually going uh, to another different specialist on Tuesday for some additional test, but yeah, it's really, it's my, well, we'll get to this in, in the next segment, but I'll, I'll talk more about it then. So let's keep talking about okay. Hades now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to uh, put oh, you on no spot about that. I, not at curious. all. Um, and the voice acting is real good too. Yeah, like, there's is. not tons of VO. Um, it's not like a VO heavy game per se, but when you encounter it and when it happens, it's, it's really good. So if you, and I think it's on sale still right now as well on the Epic Game Store as part of their Halloween sale, I believe. And then it's also available on Switch, which I am playing on PC. I don't know if it's what I said about it not being overwhelming on screen, if that holds true on Switch. Maybe it's too small if you play it in a handheld mode. I'm not sure. Um, but the type of game it is, I think, fits really well on Switch of just like pick up and play and, um, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. So it's real good. Hades, Jeff, you should check it out. I think you'll like it. Um, yeah. If only I had been talking about it for the last year and a half, <laughs> dude. And I also want to tell you, Jeff, while we're here, um, I think VR might be something. So you might want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> well done. The well other done. thing is a thing that I have talked about, uh, a lot and, you know, I'm sometimes disappointed with like, uh, like any parent as a, as I grow up as a kid, my parent of, of cloud gaming, um, you know, seems to let me down until I become old enough to realize it was just doing its best the whole time. <laughs> uh, and that is the Stadia exclusive demo of Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is the mm-hmm. new Ubisoft open world um, Breath of the Wild-like um, in terms of visual inspiration and also the climb anything, do anything. Uh, stamina is your limiting uh, resource in that. and. One, I think that what they showed of the game is really fun and really cool. It definitely feels like a contained version of what is a, you know, a Ubisoft open world game, uh, an Assassin's Creed, uh, Ghost Recon, like the style of game they've been making, a Far Cry. The demo is much more limited in scope, but even from the demo, I think you can see what this game, what the full game will kind of blossom into. Um and it has a sense of humor that I really like. It reminds me of, um, oh gosh, Gunslinger, uh, uh, Call of Juarez, uh, where it's kind of an unreliable narrator and Zeus is kind of retconning a story that's trying to be told <laughs> and, and like seeing it happen in real time. It's like, and you had wings. No, you, oh, and you're like wings and you kind of get to fly and that's um, fun. it's fun. It, and from the demo, it holds well. I don't know if in you know 120 hours it, it becomes too much, but uh, in the demo, it's, it's enough to be funny and not enough, not too much to be um, annoying. And uh, what I liked about it on Stadia, and I think it's a good use, it's click play, click play, free demo. You have to have a Stadia account, but you don't need to sign up or like you know put a credit card in, sign up for Pro, anything like that. So right. if you already have a Stadia account and maybe you've lapsed and you just kind of have the air quote free tier. And even if you don't own any games, it's click play you're in. It is the promise. It's, it's the perfect demo platform. Yes. <laughs> oh man, it is. Yes. And Ubisoft, you know, I have kind of, uh, wagged my finger at them for some of their decisions and, and things that they've done in the past. But one thing, and I think we've talked about before on here is that they support platforms. They yeah, are for sure everywhere and they've done other you know cloud virtual 
demos now in COVID as well to get things in front of press. And, and they've been a big supporter of Stadia from the get-go. And Destiny, uh, Bungie and Destiny talked about how they use Stadia as they went to remote work. But seeing it now as a consumer, uh, from a consumer perspective, Stadia embracing this. And I think Pac-Man, and there's one other one um, that kind of is, is touting this this feature. It's impressive. It, it's in Immortals Phoenix Rising is a graphic style that if it's, you know, it doesn't need to be 4K. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it works. It's kind of like Fortnite or Breath of the Wild. It has this cartoony approach to it that I can't tell if it's like, oh, this is, you know, oh, artifact. Uh, it's not the, the streams. Can't. It's like it ran great on my home connection. Really cool. I played it on my phone, uh, played it on my PC. And it was just really cool to sit there and tap and play and play this, you know, it's a demo, but lengthy demo and get to see that experience. And I think, um, I have, I have not been invited into Luna yet. Amazon's one, but this, and with X cloud and with Stadia, it, this is that promise delivered. And right. so I think Immortals Phoenix rising is a game that could be a sleeper hit, um, when it comes out and maybe Stadia can still too. Maybe. Are you, <laughs> Are you planning to play this game? Are you going to be an Immortals Phoenix Rising person? Are you going to it's, jump into that thing? It's February now, correct? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it got pushed to February, yeah. And I think that's the way I, I might be, right? Yeah, like, right. Ubisoft, they have other big games coming oh, out. Wait, I just, wait, it got pushed to February? I think, I think so. Let me double check. Uh, I can't keep track because Ubisoft drops 10 120-hour oh, yeah. games on the same day. <laughs> uh, Will you real-time check me, Jeff? Because the last yeah. I heard it was coming out, what, early December? Oh, man. Uh, no, you're right. It's still coming out this year. Oh, you're screwed, see. Christian. I can't. Yeah, December like, 3rd, 2020. Yeah, you're right. And December 3rd. Watchdog Legions is November 1st, October 28th next week it's very yeah, no actually legions is next week and then assassin's creed valhalla yes. is november and then so yeah so, it's a lot of ubisoft right up in your face so probably not <laughs> unfortunately like you know yeah. like yeah, we, when it's 20 bucks yes. and then we have age of calamity i don't i don't know if you are yeah interested in hyrule warriors but that's coming out yeah. at the end of december at the end of november and then yeah. cyberpunk comes out that's I know, week. it's too much. <laughs> yeah, and the first three that, were just that is why That is why we have this. <laughs> that is we, why we have it. Sean, here, I'm going to give you one more. Ubisoft open world. Um, <laughs> three months yeah. in a row. I know, and, and it's bonkers. testament to them and their teams. Their games are all pretty dang good. Ugh. Yeah, I ho- I feel like if any of them gets lost in the shuffle, this is likely to be one of those ones, and I hope not because it, it it looks charming. I haven't played the demo that you played, but I'm hoping it gets its time in the sun. I feel like it could be a a, a cool uh, a yeah. cool franchise to start, and and I like this idea of of, of Breath of the Wild likes. I've been enjoying Genshin Impact a lot, and I mm-hmm. you know like that and this game feel like this kind of new subgenre. I like that it, that. Immortals Phoenix Rising doesn't seem to be taking itself too seriously. Like some of the past Assassin's Creeds had that fun missions, but also like Assassin's Creed Origins, when you're playing that story, it's real heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Odyssey was a little more fun, air quote fun, but also like pretty heavy. Yeah. There's a lot of the goofy stuff in, in Odyssey, but you're yes. right. You're right. 
Um, I've been, and then the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've been looking forward to Immortals Phoenix Rising ever since it was called Gods and Monsters, which is arguably (laughs) a a better name, but yes, yes, Yes. unanimous in thinking that it is a better name. Uh, It could have even been Gods and Monsters Phoenix Rising if they wanted to make sure that it, you know, had a subtitle. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me, but okay, whatever. But I encourage everybody to check it out. You know, try it. It's literally free, you know, just literally free to try and you can also test drive stadia tech that way and, and maybe you'll like the game or maybe you'll like stadia yeah. um and the other thing that this feels like the right place to mention it and jeff uh, you can i don't know if you want to talk about uh another thing but i uh i'm trying to prep my streaming setup for next gen as things get together and i've talked about before i'm currently recording on an elgato wave three i have a bunch of elgato gear i really like their gear i was talking to them about trying to you know, tips, tricks, what I can do. And they were kind enough and they sent me a 4K 60S external, which is their external 4K capture card, which I'm very excited about as tech moves into 4K. Because I, my friends, am coming from PS4 base and Xbox One, you know, like Xbox One, like with a Kinect. Um, (laughs) So next gen for me is going to be moving into 4K and 4K capture and all of that stuff. So they sent me a 4K 60S that I am setting up to tinker to get ready for Miles Morales and a stream deck. So hopefully you will see um, better streams from me with more whiz bangs. The stream deck, I think, is the thing that has me most excited, which if you don't know anything about it, it's uh, basically macro buttons, right? So you don't need to, if you're playing in full screen, tabbing over to go into OBS to do a thing and to tap a blah, blah, blah. You can just kind of have all of your main things pre-programmed for you. And uh, people have been sending me tips and tricks for how they use theirs. And if you have any, uh, please let me know because I'm overwhelmed and excited, but very excited. And I appreciate um, Elgato sending those things to me. This is the the first free Elgato stuff to add to my collection of paid Elgato stuff, which is pretty much my entire setup at this point. But did they um, did they also send you a uh, an extra day of the week? Because that's what <laughs> I need to stream. No, I just need like. My kids are older, but I still need nap time. You know, like, I don't know if they make an Elgato nap time. (laughs) My problem is I need my kids to nap because I also want to nap. (laughs) I can push through. I could play that during nap time. And then at nap time, I'm like, I don't need to lay down. I need to lay down. Um, (laughs) Christian, I'm so jealous. I have the I have the original Elgato HD 60, which that's what I have as well. So and that doesn't and I use a Mac to stream. And it doesn't work with OBS or Streamlabs OBS or Twitch beta. It doesn't work with anything except for Weird. the game capture um, program that is built to yeah. capture games with the Elgato. And there are really weird quirks that come with that. Like you have to have a game system set hooked up to your computer to stream. Huh. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I could run. What's it called? uh it's it's the program that i run you can run windows on your mac and oh then, yeah um but, like virtual machine or whatever yeah i don't uh, i don't want to deal with that but anyway i am jealous i need to upgrade so that i can use all the fancy programs <laughs> yeah i was i was holding out because it is kind of like i saw it's like a step function of things right where it's like well i i don't have do i get the console to do the 4k to do the thing do i have the And what I really like about the 4K60S Plus, I believe, um, is that 
if you want to, you can just record externally straight to the device with uh, an SD card in it. Um, and so That's you can awesome. just do rip straight gameplay, which I really like for like highlights and stuff like that, where if you're not even streaming, but you're like, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to try to do this, you know, hard kill room in Miles Morales. I don't really want to stream it because <laughs> I might not get through it in several hours. But then if you get it, you can have the footage captured at 4k, you know, break it up, just share, just share the highlight on TikTok and be like, easy. <laughs> or whatever Christian giving us a window into his psyche right now. <laughs> yeah. When you see the, when you see the post easy, please know it took me four days and uh, a stack of SD cards to get it. Yawn too easy. <laughs> Insomniac Boarsville. Meanwhile, my fingers are bleeding. Um, but they make, they make great gear. So it was easy for me to say, yes, please, I will use this and talk about it as I use it, as I have all of the stuff from yours that I've bought. Um, so what I really like are Stream Deck tips. If you all have them, send them my way. Tips. Yeah, we also got, uh, Christian and I each also got uh, 3080s this week. Uh, thank you, NVIDIA. Uh, we'll talk about those more next week when we have software that uh, we can talk about. Also, I haven't had a chance to install mine yet, so I can't talk about it. But I can I say uh, I love Control. I love ray tracing. I yeah. love Wolfenstein. I love ray tracing. I love yeah. ray tracing. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, so I'm, ex- I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, literally it's sitting right next to my computer right now waiting for me to install it. I didn't have the guts to, to open up my computer and install it when I still had, you know, get, uh, shows that I needed to, to record because I didn't want to get into the position where my computer was half, oh, half yeah. working. Just you know do what I do install it while you're in a meeting with you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about those next week. Um, I want to tell you about, since this is the last uh, episode of our show before Halloween, we're still in Spooktober, I thought I'd mention a game that uh, is a pretty fun Halloween game. If you're looking for, I mean, there's no shortage of horror games to play, but if you're looking for something a little more, a little lighter, a little more fun that still has the theme of Halloween, it doesn't actually make you want to poop your pants, uh, but it still gives you that fun kind of thematic joy. There's a new game that just hit Steam called Raise the Dead uh, that I've been having some fun with. It is, uh, it is I, I guess, sort of a spiritual su- successor to Stubbs the Zombie, if you were a fan of that game. From the um, team, some of the team. So it's like... Indeed. Spiritual and like, we don't have the IP. Otherwise... I think that's what makes it spiritual. That's the right. whole spiritual part. Um, the... Uh, the art style of this is delightful. I am so in love with the way this game looks. Uh, it's a game that's long in coming. It was a Kickstarter game way back in 2014. So it's been in development quite a long time. Um, but it is, it's it's long, it's fun, it's goofy, it's got a great sense of humor, and it kind of scratches a Pikmin itch. You're basically playing as a zombie and you can defeat enemies and then raise them as zombies as well. And then you have this army of zombies that you can assign tasks. You can use them to attack. You can use them to solve little puzzles. You can send them places and do things, open up doors to get to new areas. Um, it's clever. And I, you know, I love that sort of Pokemon. I'm, I'm not just one character. I'm an army of characters that do my bidding thing. Uh, it, 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 I would say that the combat, unfortunately, is not as uh, complex or interesting as I would hope. But the game overall is is really charming because of how uh, how it's written. It's it's goofy. It's got a great sense of humor. 
the, as I said, the art style is just fantastic. It's all these wonderful caricatures and uh, really broad, high quality textures everywhere. And it looks almost like a, like a cutout world moving uh, like these, these um, almost like a pastel, you know, those old, I think they were called pastels. They were like, um, like plastic things that you could peel off and stick on stuff. Anyway, it looks like that. It's got this wonderful, like 2d in a 3d world aesthetic that I really dig. And the music is also fantastic. It's all like, um, synth wave eighties, uh, you know, retro eighties, uh, music, the music to raise the dead is fantastic. And it made me play it much longer than I probably would have in any given session because I'm just digging the music. I'm sort of in a trance, having a great time, um, bopping along to these great tunes. And the game is relatively simplistic and, and so pretty to look at. Um, and it is great a little Halloween game. Um, you know, if it, if it had better combat or more interesting combat, uh, basically there's, you know, one button for combat or one button to send your zombies. And you sort of have to time things based on when the enemies are going to attack, which is okay. But if there was another layer of complexity there, I think it would even be better. Um, but overall, Raise the Dead, I think pretty solid, fun, little thematic Halloween game that I would recommend. Um, I played it on Steam, but it's also available on PlayStation 4. And it's it's raises R A Y S. Yes, thank you for thank <laughs> yeah. you for that distinction. It is yeah. The character's name is Ray, and it's like Ray is the dead. I guess is that it's the pun. It's a great pun. But you're right. If people are looking for R A I S E, they'll find a different game. R A Y S raise the dead. All right, let me uh, thank our next sponsor now, which is Native. Oh, I just got my new Native uh, deodorant in the mail. I think two days ago. Uh, what what. I said, what flavor? It's not. It's not to be eaten, Kanata. Do not eat it, um, dude. What's... Blood orange and clove is what I got. It's my new favorite. Blood orange and clo- clove is what I got as well. Yes, it's, it's so amazing. So good. Right? Yeah. yeah, they have these these scents. Uh, the the scents sometimes are um, seasonal. So I think this is the new seasonal one, right? I think it's just the seasonal one because they rotate some of them in. They have the classic uh, scents like coconut and vanilla and lavender and rose and cucumber and mint that I've enjoyed for a long time, but I love it when the new like seasonal ones come in because you get this, you smell different. This is a deodorant. This is the deodorant that I use. Christian uh, uses as well. Um, And it doesn't just block odor better. It's made better. They have ingredients that you have recognized. You see what's in it. Coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch. It's also vegan. It's never tested on animals. Makes you feel better about using stuff like that. And, uh, they have uh, you know, aluminum-free deodorants, which you know some people really care a lot about. It's just nice to have the ingredients visible, simple, and from nature. <laughs> you know, you have you know what's in it, which is so great about Native. And we already mentioned how fantastic the scents are. I love how I smell. My wife loves how I smell, which really is all I care about. If my wife loves how I smell, then I'm happy. And she digs it. In fact, she has borrowed a number of my, uh, or I say borrow, she stole. She stole stole my native deodorant and decided it was hers now uh, because she liked it so much. And native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the United States, plus a free 30-day return or exchange policy. So why not see why so many people love native and check out the over 
14,000 five-star reviews. Wow, that's a lot. Do what I did, do what Christian did. Make the switch to native today by going to nativedo.com slash DLC or use promo code DLC and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo, that's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O, like the first three letters of deodorant, nativedo.com slash DLC or promo code DLC at checkout for 20% off your first order. I got to talk about VR a little bit just because uh, a pretty big new VR game came out. Have I mentioned and I it have been to pl- you? I finally what? mentioned VR to you. I knew you'd like it, Jeff. That's why I you, wanted to- <laughs> Well, I, I owe it all to you for, for bringing it up, Christian, because if only I, because it, between when you mentioned it 15 <laughs> minutes ago and now, I have played the new VR game. Good bumper Population too, One. <laughs> <laughs> Population One has just been released, uh, and I played it on my Oculus Quest Two, and uh, this is basically Fortnite in VR. It's it's a um, a shrinking circle on a map, running around, picking up weapons, dropping in, uh, you know, PUBG style, dropping in from the air, Fortnite style. Uh, armed with nothing, finding weapons uh, as the circle that you can stay alive in shrinks and you and your team are trying to eliminate the other team. Um, Teams of three so far, I'm hoping that expands because it feels a little sparsely populated, but um, still tons of fun with this game. And I think the thing that is so great about Population One, this is not a a genre that I particularly love. I have not played a ton of Fortnite or PUBG. I've dabbled, but I've never gotten uh, hooked on those games. Population One does something, I think, very, very clever. It simplifies so much of the input and uses gestures and the move controllers, the movement controllers of of the you know VR heads that you're using to allow you to do pretty complex stuff very, very fast. And it's Really, it makes it really fun. You can climb any surface in this game or or attach yourself to any surface simply by not having a weapon equipped and grabbing a wall. So you can climb up anything. You can scale to any height. You can go across any building. You can go on the roof of any building. And very frequently, the best power-ups are on the roofs of places or high up where you have to climb to get them. And the climbing is easy, fun, exhilarating. You just grab the the surface of of a wall that's in front of you and go hand over hand grabbing pushing the grab button on your touch controller and you just scale the wall like spider-man it's fantastic and then you can also fly you can well glide you can glide anywhere by simply holding your arms out in a t position uh just you know straight arms out extended from your sides and moving forward off of any surface so if you walk off of any surface with your arms held out like a T, you start gliding. And so it completely opens up movement around the map in very, very simple ways. Very, very effective. Uh, picking up power-ups is super easy. Equipping things is super easy. It's just everything in the VR modality of, of how you interface with the world is streamlined. It's crisp. It's simple, 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 simple. And I find that to be 
so great in a game that's, you know, all about running around, being scared there's someone around you all the time and trying to move quickly and move from place to place fast. I think they've really figured out clever ways to leverage the tech to make all that stuff intuitive, simple, and fast. And uh, I man, I was having a blast playing this game. Um, it's really great with the with the Quest hardware because you have the microphone there easily. You're you're able to talk to people very quickly and easily. Uh, I was playing with all strangers and having a great time. Um, the game looks fine. It's not going to wow anybody graphically. It doesn't look exactly like. Uh, you know, like Half-Life Alex or anything, but it is serviceable and great. And the way you start every match is you spawn with your team on this platform that has a number of these pods at the end of it, the end of the platform, these like little mechanical pods. You walk into the pod and you push a button in the center of the bot- of the pod by reaching your hand out and pressing the button. And the pod launches up into the sky it goes and you this exhilarating feeling of being launched up over the map and you can look out through the window of this pod and you see this huge map and underneath you and you see the other members of your team that have launched up you know it's that sequence at the beginning of every match of Fortnite that you know so well everybody's flying through the air but you're in vr so it's in 3d it's all around you it's exhilarating and then there's a literally like a um uh, a rip cord that is inside the pod. You reach up, grab the rip cord and pull down on it and it jettisons you out. And then you're out in the air, free falling from whatever height you are at, you're way high up. You can put your arms out in the T pose to fly. You can wait till you're really close to the ground and eject. But just that simple thing of, of the, the way into the map that we all know from Fortnite being transitioned into VR makes it an absolutely different kind of experience it's thrilling it's wild i mean every single person you can hear them in your ear your teammates you know the game just came out so everybody was experiencing it fresh so match after match i'd hear people go oh wow what oh you know it's it's really a cool moment um so the game is is tons of fun you know the the weapons are pretty simple um there are reload uh mechanics that you have to do you know you can't just push a button to reload you have to physically put the clip in and physically pull the the hammer back and all the stuff on the so there's a little of a little frenzy of of chaos when you you're shooting 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 and you're in a sparring with another human being in vr and you're running around trying to get away from him and then you're you run out of bullets it's not just push a button and keep shooting you're like oh i gotta do the thing which is you know i find to be very fun so uh, i'm having a great time with population one i think it's I think it's a really effective uh, version of the game we all enjoy. I like the the scale of being in the VR world. I like the the feeling of it all around me. I like the the way that these common actions have been transitioned into gestures and using the movement to do it. Is it I think a- it's really good. I just wish it had more players in any given match, and maybe it will at some point. Well, it's in the name, Jeff. So didn't it call it Population A Thousand? Um, yeah. Is it a Quest exclusive? Do you know? Uh, I think it's on Steam VR, so that okay. would be no. Uh, I have not tried. I, I have it in the uh, the Oculus Store, so I'm kind of stuck in the Oculus Store with it, but. I saw that it was in Steam VR, so that would mean I could play it on my index or whatever. Which I, I, I saw it other places, I think, in early access, and then I think someone just, I saw someone reach out and say, oh, they think that it got kind of like 
ported down a little bit to run on Quest. And I wasn't sure if that meant like, oh, is this another acquisition by them? But um, I mean, I know yeah. it's an Oculus Studios game, so I'm kind of surprised it was on in Steam VR. But maybe hmm. I, I shouldn't speak out of turn. I'm not entirely certain. I know that I played it in the Oculus Store and um, and only on Quest so far. So got it. Cross but it's fun, man. I think you'd really like it, Christian. Although I have to say, one of the things I was kind of excited about getting the Quest it's on Two. Steam. It's on Steam VR with crossplay. That's cool. Yeah, there you go. That's great. It's what it should be. That's great. That's they should do that with all of their titles, Oculus. I hope they do. Well, there's More other people should play that are happening right now with you delete your account and you lose yeah. your game. So, well, I was I'm hoping just, that gets ironed out. I know, right? I, I, well, I was just about to bring that up. It's like one of the things I was excited about with Quest Two and still having my original Quest was yeah. I literally could have people over my house and go, "Let's play a multiplayer game." I have two headsets. Let's yes. walk out in the backyard and just play together. But I have to make sure that they both don't log into the same Facebook account at the same time because yeah. <laughs> it will immediately delete my accounts. It like it locks you your accounts if two headsets try to access the same Facebook account at the same time. Need to become one. Are you a, a VR gamer, Casey? I have never owned one. I played a couple of games using the VR headsets at the IGN office, but I've never yeah. had one myself. Uh, I've played, you know, all, all of the, the regular suspects as far as VR games <laughs> go, like, um, like Beat Saber and, uh, gosh, super hot. And, yeah. Uh, Good ones. what was the one with the robot? Well uh, budget cuts? No. Recall? Robot. Oh, ro- yeah. Robo Recall. Robo yeah. Recall. Those, those are the, the VR games I have played yeah. and that's it. Unfortunately. I am. Good ones. I'm constantly considering, like, uh, is this the time I need to get a VR headset? <laughs> I think it was yeah. Polygon had an article. Or could we be getting the site wrong? Apologies to uh, the site. But it was like VR has been five minutes away for five years or something. It was so- something like that about, like, it's been so close. Like, <laughs> is this the right time? I don't know. It's I can justify a whole bunch of great games for it. But, like, why hasn't it exploded? Like, it, it's, it, it seems like it's been on the tipping point for so long um it just hasn't it hasn't popped yet like aside from did jeff see, and i owning all of them but yeah i'm uh, doing my best i'm i'm collecting them uh did you see th- i you am to VR, VR headset head, that's the way casey as- collects pokemon so oh, i was doing the same <laughs> joke at the same time dude <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was literally saying the exact same words at the same time we need to stop doing shows together christian we're just the same person at this point um did you guys see that the that, that somebody did, put, made a mod for VR chat that is among us in VR? Oh, that's cool. Oh, no. I yeah. haven't even tried it yet, but I saw that it's basically exactly among us, but for VR, which eh, kudos. Um anyway, I had to uh I think I think population 1 needs to be seen by more people. It's really fun. I don't know I don't know if it's going to replace, you know, anybody's if if you're a super fan of of a um uh, battle royale if this is going to be your new favorite battle royale i don't think so but i do think that just the pure experience of doing it in vr with the world all around you and doing those gestures is just so much fun it it really is so population one all right uh i want to talk a little tabletop time so let's do that right now Right now, right now. 
All right, so we don't have to spend too much time. I know that very few people are even able to play tabletop games these days because we just don't see other humans. But Casey, you mentioned that you're playing D and D, and I just wanted to chat with you about it because I'm I love D and D. I do a D and D show, and um, you said, "Does D and D count for tabletop time?" And I say, "Heck yes!" All so, right, <laughs> uh, tell me about your experience. Cool. So um, I I was actually playing a fifth edition game with some friends for we played every Saturday for 10 hours for all for two and a half years in person. Wow, that's great. And that's then, amazing. It, yeah, I know. It was kind of like, not easy. I guess our group is a unicorn. I guess it doesn't happen <laughs> often. Yeah. And before that, I had the honor and privilege of living with three of my best friends. So we would just play games like hey are you doing anything no all right let's let's do some tnt but um great since because of covid we couldn't get into person we can't play in person anymore so that game has kind of been put on hold because we had six we would have six players at a time which is kind of a lot for a roll 20 campaign yeah so i've actually been playing pokemon 5e i'm sorry to bring up pokemon what? again <laughs> which is suddenly what? i'm listening go on, let me get my headphones back uh, on uh, go on <laughs> it's a it's pokemon adapted for the fifth edition rule set and the whole thing was kind of the kind of inspired by joe the dm who was very experienced with previous tabletop games like D and fate and a bunch of other systems and was trying to play pokemon but D and a lot of the systems he found were more so for the combat and not for the role playing and adventuring and co-op aspects. So he made right, a, yeah. so he made a system that is PVE, not PVP. So you can get a kind of D and D experience. And I know he's running a campaign that is kind of cyberpunky and like a dystopian future. And you can do a lot of really cool things with it. But um, I think I, I haven't. So wait, you 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 play as a trainer? Yeah, you that- play it. You you play as a trainer with Pokemon in your party and your trainer will level up and gain skills, but so do your Pokemon. So you, it's, it's, it's kind of better for people who are a little bit more familiar with D and D because you are essentially managing multiple characters at the same time. Right. But man, it is so cool and a lot of fun. And I'm playing with some friends on world 20 and my fiance DM for us at first and imported all of the Pokemon sprites like literally all of them so we can just throw them on on a map and play with them and all of the trainer sprites and i rad and i've i've dm'd a little bit here and there but i'm dming dming my first actual storyline and i've had so much fun putting together pokemon encounters and putting like using my knowledge of pokemon battling and pokemon lore into a really fun adventure for my players so that sounds so awesome i have not heard of this but it seems like a no-brainer now it's one of those things that like yeah, of course why wouldn't somebody want to make a pokemon uh roll 20 you know a, a d20 game like it, it, so does it work like pokemon like you get into an encounter you, you come across a b- b- bad guy or whatever another pokemon and you you roll initiative mm-hmm. and then you your Pokemon battle? Yeah, you you do a Pokemon battle, and it's just it's awesome. exactly like D anD D, but all of your your Pokemon stats are translated into D anD D five E stats instead, and everything is translated to work with D anD D five E. And your trainer has 
the it's it's based on your animal taming stat. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Animal so handling. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Animal handling. Yeah. So when you throw a Pokeball, that is what determines. And depending on the how rare the Pokemon is, how high the level is, how much HP it has, determines how difficult it is to catch it. So, yeah. Somebody needs to, to held get item. in contact. Somebody <laughs> needs to get in contact with Nintendo and make this official. Like, they should come out with an official module. That would be so cool. It w- yeah. This is honestly incredibly well done and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it and there's a lot of room for homebrew and alterations and different things that you can do like my um our dm came up with a whole like fishing mini game and we just did that for three hours <laughs> so, <laughs> how many hours are lost to finding food because ash is hungry like where are we on the, <laughs> that's the amazing yeah, pretty yeah actually we we try to we try to hold rations and spend time looking for food <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in love with this. I'm so glad we talked about it. That's wild. I had no idea. That's so cool. So cool. Uh, Do you know how people could find that if they wanted to try it out? So if you go to Reddit, it's it's the subreddit Pokemon Five E. So the number five and the letter E, and that's it. If you just you just type in Pokemon Five E, that should be the first thing that that comes up. Um, I'm actually uh, publishing an article on IGN sometime within the next week or two about that so i guess look out like that sorry for the shameless plug but no please <laughs> exclusive. We love it exclusive yeah those are, yeah, those are hot exclusives. exclusives love it yeah very cool so check that out pokemon 5e i'm intrigued i don't even like pokemon and i'm intrigued i think that's uh that's awesome um all right well that's gonna do it for this episode of dlc actually first i have to thank our third sponsor and that's brooklinen oh my goodness brooklinen is machites and now also my towels because you've heard me talking about Brooklinen as being my favorite sheets. In fact, I can tell you two days ago, washed my sheets again, put on the fresh Brooklinens. Ooh, that is the best feeling in the universe. Uh, you know, you sometimes go more than a couple of weeks before without uh, washing the sheets. Gotta wash those sheets. Ah, it just feels so good to, being like the in the tightly made bed, just everything's so crisp. Ooh, those Brooklinen sheets are like nothing else. But now, yes, the sheets are amazing. But your daily routine can be bumped up to the next level with other parts from Blue, Brooklinen, including plushy, plushy towels. Oh, so plushy. I've got a new towel that I absolutely love. Why? Because it's about a foot and a half thick, <laughs> at least it feels that way, of plush. Uh, Christian, you got a plushy, plushy towel, right? Uh, yeah, if I could be in it at all times, I would. Right. And you know what? These days, pretty much I can. I, I, that's why I make sure my camera's off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're at home. You're at home a lo- whole lot more than you've been before, right, dear listener? Why not treat yourself? Get yourself a plushy, plushy towel. Uh, that's not the official name, but it should be. Plushy, plushy towel. Sounds so great. Uh, this is uh, the towel of your dreams. And why not just live it up? Why not get yourself a nice towel? Brooklinen is the perfect place to find all the comforts for home, including ultra soft towels. They have, uh, like I said, sheets. They have bedding of all kinds. They have great designs, great color options, and just the most high quality products. Plus... You're not going to spend the kind of money that you would if you bought it from a big store because Brooklinen sells directly to you online and cut out, cuts out the middleman, which is wonderful. 
And we're going to even do a better job for you because when you use our promo code DLC at checkout at brooklinen.com, you'll get yourself 10% off your first order. Plus, Brooklinen is so confident in their product that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Lifetime warranty. So go to brooklinen.com, use promo code DLC, get yourself 10% off. That is B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code DLC, Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC, but stick around. We do have parting gifts coming up. You don't want to miss those. Casey DeFridis, thank you so much for being here. It was such a delight talking to you. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Great. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you do online. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at ShinyKCD. So shiny, the word shiny, like a shiny Pokemon. And then my name, KCCASCY, and the letter D, which is my last name's initial. Sorry for that extremely silly <laughs> explanation. But I also host Nintendo Voice Chat, which is IGN's Nintendo podcast every week on Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Spotify, all of those things. And I also do a lot of wikis for IGN and strategy guides. And right now I'm overseeing the Crown Tundra DLC strategy guide for us. So, yeah, awesome. doing a lot of random stuff. Very, very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, Monday doesn't count. Monday's not a day at all. Tuesday, um, going to be nervous even if the Dodgers have the lead in the ninth inning because <laughs> I almost have more confidence when they aren't in, no uh, please just win on uh, be watching the World Series and uh, this World Series has been great I'll like it a lot more if the Dodgers win but I've, I love playoff baseball and there is hopefully only one more game for you to watch <laughs> if you want to check out playoff baseball the next game is Tuesday and I'm on Twitter at Spicer and uh, I should hopefully be getting my new Elgato gear, my stream deck in my 4K 60S Plus setup. And I want to do some test runs with them. So my Twitch is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. I currently pretty much just stream this show live Sunday, 7.15 p.m. Pacific time. Um, but as I roll into next gen, I wanted to uh, get some of that hot, hot, hot next gen goodness captured and streamed out. And uh, highlighted my easy, easy Spider-Man runs. <laughs> so easy. So yawn, eyes closed. Um, but you can find those. Those will be on Twitch. And Twitter is the best way to uh, get in touch and vote. Vote, vote, vote. You can find me encouraging you to vote. Vote, vote, vote. Jeff, what about you? Agreed. Vote. I will vote.com, vote.org. If you're curious or have any questions about the process, uh, it can be a little tricky this year, but you can vote early. You can track your ballot in a lot of states as well. So just vote, just do it. Participate. Really make your voice heard. Uh, we can take over the world. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Young people can take over the world. I may be not as young as I once was, but I want to take over the world and we need to vote to make that happen. All right. Uh, by the way, it's not just about the president. Vote, there's a, all down the ballot is things that will impact your life. So check it out. All right. Um, Jeff Kanata uh, on the Twitter, at Jeff Kanata, with two N's and one T. Also, several other shows for you to check out, including the Slash Filmcast. We just launched the Slash Filmcast Patreon, which means we're going to be doing extra content. We're going to be doing After Dark episodes. The first After Dark episode is up. Uh, these are fun bonus shows that we do for the Slash Filmcast. 
We talk about movies and TV shows. We do these after darks. People have really enjoyed them over the years. Now we're going to be doing them regularly. We're you giving away them all, all like this as you talk. After <laughs> dark. No, we uh, we talk about a whole range of subjects that aren't necessarily just movies and, and TV shows. And we're giving those away uh, all through the end of the year. You don't even have to be a patron to get them. Uh, but after that, uh, patrons only. Uh, and I urge you to check them out. I think you'll dig it. Uh, at slash filmcast dot com. Also, I do We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And I do The Dungeon Run, which is my D&D show, uh, soon to be transitioning to Pokemon D&D. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the last episode, uh, many people said uh, best episode ever. Um, very proud of it. We have done a really crazy thing. We have broken the show into two halves. Because one of the characters joined the dark side. Uh, she made a pact with our evil big bad character and left the party. And so uh, the first half of the show is just her and and uh, in her adventure. And the second half is the rest of the team uh, trying to find her and get her back. So it's it's pretty wild. It's really fun. Check it out. It's The Dungeon Run. You can find it on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. You can find it as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run. Or you can watch it live on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. I'm also doing a football show now, uh, a stream on Thursdays at 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash FCF. The FCF stands for Fan Controlled Football, which is a new league that's starting in February with the official show for Fan Controlled Football. So check that out. It's a lot of fun. It's crazy. I'm doing it with Josh Makuga. Uh, it's a blast. All right. I love a lot Josh. of things. Just, uh, He's the best, man. Good guy. Good dude is the best. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DL. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Parting gifts. Let's do them. Parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Casey, do you have a recommendation to help people get through their week? Yes, I do. Everyone, take care of your very stupid bodies because they start <laughs> deteriorating whether you like it or not. And you can do this very easily by going for walks every day or by foam rolling and stretching. And if you don't know what a foam roller is, you should become familiar with one because it is amazing and it will change your life or a massage gun. Anyway, I'm bringing this up because as someone who played video games for hobbies and for work, and then was on the computer for hobbies and for work. It's pretty much all I did. All, all I did, like 12 hours a day every day for many, many years. And I didn't do anything for my forearms during that whole time. I don't know. No one ever told me, hey, Casey, you should uh, foam roll and stretch your forearms just as much as you do your legs after a workout. You're typing, you're playing video games, you're using a controller. You should do that kind of stuff for your arms too. And now I've been unable to play video games for many months because I did not take care of myself. So don't be like me. Go and look into what you should do when you are on a computer and playing video games for many, many hours a day for many, many years. Even if you're young, start start now. Don't wait until it yeah. starts to hurt. Do it now. <laughs> yes. Uh, boy, what great advice. Uh, someone once told me, it's it's never too early to start moisturizing. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's the same thing, right? Never too early to start foam rolling. So get on it, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Spicer, do you have a parting gift? 
I have a few, and I will second uh, Casey's, and, and I'm a big fan of the foam roller. Also, um, a, a cheaper, but um, you have to be a little more, um, maybe a little harder to use than a massage gun, in my experience, is a lacrosse ball. Very mm-hmm. cheap. If you have a wall or a floor and a lacrosse ball, you can do some serious work. Um, but be careful, because if it pops into the wrong spot, it can it can hurt you. <laughs> but very cheap in, in a nice way to get some deep. Uh, you're, talking, you're talking about just like playing lacrosse yeah just go play lacrosse find a field get a lacrosse and also a, a stick with a net and a goal and the team you need a team just a big um, fan of lacrosse is what i'm saying maybe a coach if you can get a coach and then start a league um so parting gifts uh pumpkin bread tis the season tis mm. the season it goes into november we made multiple loaves this uh past weekend gave some to friends <clears throat> ate some after the kids went to bed where'd it go we gave it away <clears throat> ate it um pumpkin bread is delicious uh, candy corn pancakes. What? Also delicious. Also candy corn. Pa- whoa, 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 whoa! You can't pancakes. just go and also. No, no, no! I'm still in the pancakes. Go ahead. Questions. Okay. AMA. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that? Taking candy corn that is actually the candy of candy corn and putting them in your batter. Yes, the easiest version and one also ready for this. And I can share this recipe. Uh, um, pancake recipe with either um, uh, uh, yogurt in it uh helps make them nice and uh springy and moist and delicious you can be like yogurt i want to do that greek yogurt in your pancake uh delicious it's amazing beautiful pancake then what you do is after you have it you cook you know the way you cook a pancake you one side on the griddle then you let it kind of brown halfway up then you flop it over before it browns halfway up before it gets to that halfway flip point just a little before sprinkle some candy corns into that still doughy side of the batter Okay, then you're going to give it a flip. Then you're out. Then you're out because it can it can you know wreck some damage on a pan if you kind of leave it in there. You, for too you long. don't want them to melt, is what you're saying. You don't. Yeah, want I mean to it melt. can sugar on a pan. You got to either have a pan that you know you can clean and scrub, or the other option is to pop them in, plop them in there, and then just a nice uh, kind of just spread that batter right on top of it. The way you would do any type of pancake with fruit in it. You know what I mean? Blueberry, candy corn, no diff, or you're saying candy corn is a fruit is what you just said you, it's, those are it's your actually words. a veg it's a starch it's a corn but that's fine um i'm gonna release it that's a dumb joke not gonna say it uh the uh, the simplest way to do it is uh do pumpkin in your batter and then do uh candy corn just as garnish on top but that's not as much fun uh go all in candy corn in the batter just quick wow. quick 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 on the griddle. it's real good quick uh, yeah i'm gonna do that as soon as we have <laughs> quick pancake tip uh don't flatten your pancakes it drives no, me yes. crazy to watch people take their spatulas and press down on your yes. pancake do not do that. that i will come yes. find you yes what kind of monster does that people who hate fluffy pancakes i guess yeah i guess also uh ricotta Ooh. ricotta mm. works instead of yogurt if you want it it also makes for a nice fluffy rich delicious pancake my wife, uh, we we didn't have enough eggs, and she read online that you can use uh, applesauce instead of eggs, and I was shocked at how good it came out. Yeah, applesauce is a vegan substitute a lot of times. Yeah, I was shocked. It tasted real good and had a cool texture. Uh huh. And if you just Google candy corn pancakes too, you'll you will find uh, multiple recipes if you want to get a little more specific than what I laid out. But real good. Uh, and then lastly. Lastly, I'm sorry, I have so many, but it's the it's the season, and this other is. one is is new. So my buddy Dean Del Rey, uh, we used to do the regular call-in show. I would be part of his podcast, Let There Be Talk. He 
um, if you know him as a comedian or as a through, through podcast, um, he's a huge ACDC fan. And he actually got to interview ACDC on his podcast, Let There Be Talk. It was ACDC's first ever podcast. And Dean is an incredible podcaster and interviewer. And to have him do that interview with them, it's absolutely incredible. Go seek it out. This is coming from someone who loves the band, you know, as much or more than anyone in the world, getting to sit down and talk to them. It's fun, fresh questions, interesting stuff, not just the boilerplate like, so you uh, you guys uh, really rock. <laughs> you know, it's like really interesting, nuanced stuff. It's incredible. Um, you can find it on Dean's Let There Be Talk podcast. And he's starting a new one in November called The Grail. That is all of like the handmade stuff. We used to do those handmade episodes and he talks to people that make really cool stuff. So he's starting a new podcast in November called The Grail. So go check out my buddy Dean Del Rey's cool work. Very cool. Uh, if anybody hasn't watched uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 yet, uh, the new Aaron Sorkin film, uh, that is what I would recommend as my parting gift. Uh, I love Aaron Sorkin. Uh, the cast in this is incredible. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was incredible. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've said before that Aaron Sorkin writes action scenes with words, right? Instead of an explosion, it's like a great turn of phrase. And boy, he can write a courtroom drama. So uh, check out The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, I think it's on Apple TV Plus. Am I right about that? I think that's what it is. Anyway, it's on one of the streaming services. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, we also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Daryl. Daryl says, uh, hey, I've been, <clears throat> excuse me. Hey, I've been listening to your show for a while now, and per your recommendation, decided to make the world a better place. My partner Michael and I started a nonprofit organization called Heart Crate, and we make personalized boxes primarily for kids in foster care, but also for kids who are generally underprivileged. These boxes include anything and everything they're passionate about to make sure they know we're listening and they are valued. We sneak in the occasional nerdy board game if we can to represent the communities that brought us to feeling like we belong. I just want to let you know that your show inspires positivity and is being and is uh, helping us bring kids, excuse me, and is helping us bring joy to kids in care. Uh, here are the links if you're interested. Thanks for your time. Daryl, uh, thank you for your time. It is heartcrate.org, H-E-A-R-T-C-R-A-T-E.org. There's also a face, Facebook group, facebook.com slash heartcrate. What an awesome thing. And to think that we had any, uh, any small part in uh, helping uh, inspire that is really cool. Uh, heartcrate.org. Check it out. And thank you, Daryl. That's amazing. If you want to have your parting gift right on the show, send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to be it for this week. Thanks again to Casey DeFridis and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Uh, thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers. Thank you to our live audience uh, watching and listening on chat and uh, on the stream. Uh, you make the show better in real time. We appreciate you. And thanks to each and every one of you who download the show. We appreciate you. And we'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. And vote. <laughs>